It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. You know, I'm sorry. I still haven't come up with a descriptor word for Thursday. I mean, is that an adjective I'm looking for? But, you know, wonderful Wednesday, terrific Tuesday. I don't have anything for Thursday. Okay, we're going to have to work on that. We're going to come up with that. But we, today, we oh, have gi- we have talented listeners, so I'm sure someone will give us something. Something. Okay. So, what is Thursday? And it, we want a positive word. Uh, I know that Patty actually said while we're still in in. Uh, The legislature is still in session with all that's going on. It's a little terrifying, but uh, we actually want to get to a positive word on that. But she's right. It is terrifying. But um, check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent uh, essays, podcasts, and um, sign up. And and, uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And remember, my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or the latest silent thief. Well, it's not so silent anymore. That's uh, government-induced inflation. And, of course, then all these uh, terrible policies that the uh, global elites are trying to uh, push forth, which are are the policies, they're policies of scarcity instead of abundance, Steve. Well, you know, every time you go through that list, I go back to when we first started this project what three years ago and that list only had three items in it and now it's got like six seven yes it keeps growing i hope we don't keep uh, adding to that Uh, but i'll very quickly just mention the bill of the day because when we talk about taking other people's stuff via force Taxation is one of the ways that that occurs. And unpredictable and excessive taxation, unfair taxation, um, government taking money uh, from people via force, via taxation, and then redistributing it to somebody else. And that is uh, exactly what is happening here with this uh, Colorado uh, bill. This is House Bill 22-1414. Healthy meals for all public school students. Now, of course, that sounds great. But... This whole, first of all, the National Student Lunch Program, uh, I don't know if the food's improved since I was a kid, but I cannot believe the amount of food that was thrown into the trash because it wasn't that good. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Obama proved that one. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. 
So, but, but under the guise of feeding kids. And once again, it's the responsibility of parents to make sure that their, their kids are fed. Send them a lunch. Uh, although, you know, the lunches that I used to send my kids, I'd probably be thrown in, in jail now because uh, I would send um, cookies and I would send a sugary drink and a peanut butter sandwich, some chips. Um, but they liked it. They did like it. But anyway, uh, this is healthy meals for all public school students. And basically here in Colorado, what it's going to do is um, reduce the amount of um, uh, of uh, what do we call it um, of deductions uh, for people making o- over I think it's three hundred thousand dollars um, and uh, it's basically going to, to reduce the amount of deductions that they can take and then use that money purportedly for a school lunch program so all it is is another redistribution taking money from one and giving to another but you know who actually makes money on the whole thing it's the bureaucrats in the middle they're the ones that make most of the money. But uh, they guys it under something that sounds good. But again, uh, parents need to be responsible for getting their kids fed. And uh, a free school lunch programs, I mean, if it's free, I mean, I think people need to work for uh, what they get. And so anyway, what do you think about this, Steve? Well, reading through it, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple paragraphs, but you can just see the way a bureaucracy grows, bureaucracy grows, mm-hmm. uh, just person after person in, in a chain who's tracking this, who's logging that, and, you know, just cross-checking and making lists. And, mm-hmm. wow, it's just... Right. It's not creating anything. It's redistributing things, and it's um, it's it's taking money from... Well, the other thing I wanted to mention is typically... Uh, people that have deductions on their tech, they have itemized deductions. Many times those are your entrepreneurs, people out there that are risking uh, quite a bit to, to create a business. So they have a successful year, but they have these deductions that they're, they used it to create those businesses. And so this is capping those deductions and then redistributing that, that, um, that money to this quote unquote, as you mentioned, uh, lunch program. But uh, basically, what it's going to do is pay a bunch of um, bureaucrats once again to sit there and shuffle papers back and forth and do reports and that kind of stuff, Steve. Well, no doubt about it. And it just takes my, I mean, I, I just, I just freeze up after a while thinking, what is the cost of doing this? And, and that's not denying that there's not a need. It's just this approach just leaves me cold. Yeah. Okay, let's move on because we've got a really a jam-packed show planned for you today. Our quote for today, well, first of all, today's the National Day of Prayer. And I think that uh, we're realizing that there is a very evil agenda afoot right now. And uh, it would behoove each and every one of us to uh, be in fervent prayer today for our ourselves and for our families and our communities and our neighbors and our country and our world. And so today is the National Day of Prayer and uh, would really encourage each and every one of us to to say a prayer for, for all this because we are up against a um, significant evil. Our quote for today, I went to Benjamin Franklin. He was born in 1706. He died in 1790. And, uh, of course, he was one of our founders. He was a drafter and signer of the Declaration of Independence. And he said this, 
He said, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. And he wrote that in Poor Richard's Almanac in 1746. And uh, yes, each and every day is a gift. That's why we call it the present. And uh, we have a lot of work to do with all of the things that's going on out there. Um, Let's see. I'm just kind of running through here. Oh, very, very quickly. Uh, Did you have something you wanted to say, Steve? Oh, just by the way, uh, one of the listeners came through. I'm sorry. I was in a hurry. I I thought it might be your next guest, so I didn't get a chance to catch her name or the town she's in. But thankful Thursday. I love that. Okay, you didn't get her. Thank you. So, uh, shall we go with that? I like that. She'll call back and, and uh, you know. We can give her total credit on yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, the show comes to you because I have a lot of great sponsors, and one of those is Hooters Restaurants. And uh, we became business friends. Um, because it's really a freedom story. And, and that is, is uh, when I was on city council, there were basically, I saw P- uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that wanted to decide which businesses can operate and which couldn't, uh, which legitimate businesses. And um, I realized that, you know, in a free society, People need to have the opportunity to do business, and people can decide which businesses they uh, do business with. And anyway, it's a, a long story, and I'm, I think I'm going to write that out and put it on the website. But uh, Hooters Restaurants has been a great partner of both of the shows, and uh, they have um, happy hours Monday through Friday, great lunch specials Monday through Friday, and uh, so be sure and check that out on my website. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we've got a jam-packed show pl- uh, planned for you. Uh, Heidi Ganahl, who is uh, governor or uh, uh, candidate for governor here in Colorado will be on the line. Dr. Douglas Groteis will be talking about freedom of speech and other issues. Um, Karen Levine will be in the next uh, next hour as well as um, Scott Powell will be talking about uh, freedom of speech there as well. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do that. And want to say thank you to Kay in Louisville for Thankful Thursday. I think that's going to stick. I like that a lot, Producer Steve. Yeah, she was good enough to call back and identify herself, and uh, I appreciate it. 
Yes, thank you. So thank you to Kay in Louisville. On the line with me is Heidi Ganahl. She is a candidate for governor on the Republican side of the ticket. And uh, just very excited to have her on the line. Uh, Heidi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kim. It's great to be here. Well, uh, I know that you're out working hard. What are you seeing as you're on the campaign trail that the people of Colorado are concerned about? You know, Kim, I think I think I've never seen energy like this, um, not just with Republicans, but Democrats and unaffiliated. As we travel the state, people are so upset and anxious about what's happening in our state, in our country. And the bottom line is they want to be trusted again to run their lives, their business, to make decisions for their kids, their kids' education, their health. It feels like our control, our lives have been taken away from us by Jared Polis and the Democrats. And, you know, election year Jared is doing his best to run from his record, which is not good for Colorado. We have skyrocketing crime. The cost of living is out of control. And our kids are suffering with skyrocketing suicide rates, drug addiction rates, and they aren't learning what they need to in the classroom. They're learning nonsense right now. So we have a lot of work to do, and I think the people of Colorado recognize that we need a new leader. Well, uh, it looks like Polis is um, uh, putting a bunch of his own money into this campaign, uh, and uh, that's somewhat formidable because he is, you know, a rich white guy, if you get get right down to it, who's trying to, to buy the election. Well, Kim, I like to say this is an election, not an auction. And we want to show Jared Polis and the rest of Colorado that it is not about money that you spend that wins elections. It's about leadership. And I don't think people in Colorado are going to be conned again. He spent $24 million last time. And he's he's actually said he can spend up to $70 million on this race. But we're going to track every dollar he spends and call him out for it and remind people across Colorado that this is an election, not an auction. I don't think they're going to go for it this time. Well, um, I tell you what, Heidi, this Colorado that we're living in right now is not the Colorado that I moved to, the Colorado that I've been here for a long time that I love. And I just can't believe uh, that we've gotten to this uh, such this radical place that we're at, the attack on uh, oil and gas, the attack on rural America or our rural Colorado, uh, and you mentioned education, uh, Instead, our, our kids are falling behind. And instead of teaching them reading, writing, arithmetic, science, critical, critical thinking, civics, all those things, it looks like it's focused on teaching um, radicalized, I, I think, a, a radical sex ed agenda that I think is uh, teaching our kids to be victims. And then again, this critical race theory. So how can you address that, Heidi Ganahl? Well, Kim, you know, you and I have known each other a long time, and, and I think one of the passions we share is around education and making sure that our kids are learning what they need to to be successful in life and protecting the American dream. I feel very blessed to have lived that American dream. I came from a family with very little money or resources, but lots of love and support, and they taught me I could do anything I wanted to do, and I was very, very blessed to be born in this country and have that opportunity. And that's slipping away right in front of us, and it's why I ran for regent in 2016, and I've been fighting so hard at CU, most liberal place in Colorado, to take us back. 
to an education that our kids deserve. But I think we solve it by letting families choose the school that best meets the needs of their child and letting the funding follow the student, not the system. So if parents are unhappy with what's happening in the classroom, they can have access to those dollars to take their child out and give them a better education through homeschooling, micro-schooling, private school, charter school, whatever it takes. And I was part of the group that um, launched Golden View Classical Academy and Ascent Classical Schools. We tried to open one in Boulder. We got over 700 kids signed up, and Boulder told us no, which is comical to me that Jared Polis comes out and says he's school choice friendly. When we tried to open that school for 700 kids right in his backyard, and he wouldn't lift a finger to help us just a few years ago. And then finally, I think parents have the right to know if their child is changing their gender or deciding if vaccinations are right for their kids and keeping their child's health information private. It's ridiculous what's happening in our schools right underneath our nose. It is. It's uh, it's rather remarkable. Let's talk a bit about uh, your CU Regent. And Heidi, I had Greg Lopez on last week and um asked him hard questions so I want to ask you some hard questions as well um, and regarding Regent there has been um, information uh, that uh, Representative Tim Leonard had s- sent out regarding uh, some legislation back in 2017-2018 to prevent CU um, research from using um, baby parts, aborted baby parts in their research. And I, it actually came across my desk. You and I talked about this. And it actually had invoices on it that just, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And so I wanted to ask you about that because this has been occurring uh, while you're a CU regent. So what's your comments on that, Heidi? Thanks, Kim. Well, and I, I worked with Tim early on to understand the issue as a regent, and a few years ago, um, uh, several of us regents rolled up our sleeves and did what we could to stop this. This is disgusting, and I do not support it. But this is a federal issue. The regents can only do so much. This is regarding federal grants. So we need our congressional reps to step up and help me with this issue, Lauren and Doug and Ken. And, and you know, I've worked hard to do everything I can as a regent to stop this. But now we've got to go to the federal folks and see if they can do their work because um, I'm, I've re- reached the end of the road. I've done as much as I can. But I have asked CU to put together a commission to study alternatives to this practice, which I can do as a regent. And we'll put that through committee over the next few months. And then it'll hopefully come to a vote in front of the regent board soon. Okay. Uh, next thing regarding CU and uh, being a regent was uh, Professor John Eastman was, I, I don't know, I don't know that he was really fired, but uh, after the January 6th of last year, there was a, a lot of pressure to uh, prevent him from doing his duties as the uh, visiting professor of conservative thought and policy there. What's your thoughts on that, Heidi? Well, I need to clear something up because the Democrats keep claiming that I hired him. I personally hired him. And regions don't hire conservative scholars. We find out after the process is done. And I've never spoken to or met Mr. Eastman, but I am a warrior for academic freedom and free speech. So I did not believe firing him was appropriate. And I advocated for not doing that. And we didn't. But at the end of the day, you know, it was problematic that he was brought into this conversation and, and um, kind of had to deal with this. But I, I do believe in academic freedom, and I did not believe, you know, um, firing them was appropriate, and we didn't. Um, so 
that's what happened. Okay. Um, speaking of academic freedom, we have, have seen, I know so many parents that have sent their kids off to colleges and universities, uh, not realizing that, that many of them are being indoctrinated um, to the left by many of these professors, tenured professors that can't really get rid of. Um, you know, what can we do about academic freedom, Heidi Ganahl? Well, you know, I've, I've been a regent for almost six years now, and we have been fighting like crazy to do what we can to bring balance to CU and the higher ed. I'm also on the board of ACTA, an organization, a national organization that um, I've been on that board with Senator Hank Brown to address it nationally. But we've been able to, with my, myself and several regents, have worked hard to get rid of safe spaces at CU. And we fought hard for uh, free speech legislation at the Capitol a few years ago. I was able to work with John Carson to do what we could to bring civics back at University of Colorado. Believe it or not, that was controversial. And I put uh, forward a resolution remarkable. to stop. Yeah, I know. To stop CRT last fall. It didn't have the votes because we don't have the majority on the board anymore. But I was able to talk, my, uh, talk with my Democrat friends on the Regent Board and get a resolution passed to stop um, foreign donors and research that was nefarious in the university, and we were able to put a halt to the Confucius Institute or the, the potential to have one at CU. But I've just, I just, I'm so worried about our kids and what they're learning in colleges and universities. But, you know, it's almost too late by then, Kim. We've got to do a lot of work in K through 12 and make sure the nonsense that's being taught in the classroom is stopped. And the only way I think we can do that is by giving power back to parents to make different choices if the schools aren't doing the right things for our kids. So I'm just, I'm a warrior for school choice, and I'll continue to do that as governor. And I mean all in on school choice. Give power back to parents and fund the student, not the system. Uh, yes, and, and they're, the, they're the parents' kids, not the uh, teachers' or the school district's kids. They're our children. Uh, another quick question, and uh, we'll be up against a hard, hard break here in just a little bit. But um, there there's, seems to be a schism right now uh, in the Republican Party. It was uh, quite an interesting uh, state GOP assembly. Robust is kind of the word that I've used with it. But election <laughs> integrity is something that's very important to many people. Um, what's your comments about election integrity? Well, we, we have to re restore voter confidence. That's so important on both sides. Election integrity is the bedrock of our democracy, and federalizing the election as the Dems want to do is certainly not the answer, and Jeno Griswold's approach is certainly not the answer. But um, we've got to figure out how to make our elections better and restore confidence. And so what I want to work with the legislators to do is to ensure no illegal vote gets counted by requiring audits of our signature verification process. I think that's very important. Every ballot goes through a machine or election judge verification process, but there's no audit of the accuracy. And then we've got to clean up our voter rolls so that people who don't live here don't get a ballot. We need to allow people to vote how they want. Not everyone wants a mail-in ballot, and they should be able to opt out of receiving one. Same with voter registration. We've got to stop ballot harvesting. Nobody should be able to show up at your door and ask for your ballot, and no one should touch your ballot except for you or maybe a family member if you're not able to get it to the, uh, the ballot box. And then finally, we've got to stop weaponizing the Secretary of State's office. We should pass legislation that requires the office to conduct its business in a nonpartisan way. Can you imagine that? I mean, General Griswold has taken this to an extreme level. She even appointed herself as the final decision maker on campaign finance. 
an increase to stop the wolf fine from 1000 to 22000 She's done all kinds of shenanigans like that. So we've got to stop that. And finally, we have to properly fund our elections. Special interest groups should stay out of our local elections, and no county should accept money from special interest groups like Zuckerberg to fund our state elections. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things that are have been occurring, and I've done a a lot of research on it. I've read the three the, the summaries of the the three uh, basic uh, county voting systems reports, and, and there's significant concerns there for sure. And I I, I had um, Dr. Walter Doherty on last week, who was one of the authors of the Mesa Three. Uh, report and he great credentials. He um, uh, was what pioneer in the computer science industry. Taught at Texas A&M for uh, I think 28 years uh, in computer science. Uh, got his master's and doctorate from Harvard. And they took a look inside those machines. And I think there's concerns there. And then Dinesh D'Souza, who we're going to have on tomorrow, has this new film out, 2,000 Mules, which you mentioned this ballot harvesting. Uh, there was a, a it, it's looking like as there, there has been significant shenanigans um, regarding the voting systems, Heidi. Um, we're, we're coming up against time. I wanted to just have one other question. There seems to be a bit of a schism between uh, kind of the grassroots and uh, I don't know what to call it exactly in the Republican Party, but it seems that there have been those that have moved so far, reached so far across the aisle that they're standing on the other side of the aisle uh, in the Republican <laughs> yeah. Party. What's your comments on that? We've got a couple of minutes. Well, I, I am going to trust the people of Colorado and follow the Constitution. I mean, you and I have talked many times through LPR, et cetera, about how important our founding principles are and standing strong for those. And I've been a warrior for free speech at CU. I've been a warrior for free markets in the business world with Camp Bow Wow for the Constitution by sharing the efforts to protect Tabor and the Electoral College and open charter schools. My dad was a cop, so I was raised to defend the Second Amendment and respect law enforcement. I'm pro-life. I'm a fiscal hawk. I've fought against mandates and government overreach during COVID. And I'm the only statewide elected Republican, the only one that's been elected in almost eight years statewide. And I am proud, so proud to defend our party's principles every day. It's, um, it's an honor to be a candidate for governor, and I hope to earn all of your votes. Okay, and Heidi Ganell, starting over, Heidi Ganell, thank you so much for joining us. Um, how can people get more information about you? Thanks, Kim. It's HeidiForGov.com. We're all over social media. We're traveling the state. We're trying to hit the entire state before June 28th. So follow our travels. We're having a lot of fun. One of our mantras is to make it fun to be a Republican again. So we're doing things differently. So thanks for having me. And um, I just admire all you do and the work that you do. And uh, thank you, my friend. Okay, well, Heidi Ganahl, thank you so much for joining us. And that's, uh, again, Heidi Ganahl. She's a candidate for governor here in Colorado on the Republican side of the ticket. And uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Douglas Groteis about freedom of speech. And we realize that freedom of speech is a bedrock of a free society. And so uh, we'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national 
national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. At Roos Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in the Denver Tech Center, Roos Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is a text message away at 303-569-6794. For more information, visit RoosMedical.net. Roos Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word. They never compromise on their beliefs. They never go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Family-operated and family-friendly, Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. For multiple generations in business on the same property, they believe in the power of a handshake. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent so they can go to sleep at night knowing they did it their way. Nobody would call this crew politically correct, but they treat their clients of all ages with respect and decency. They know you work hard for your money, too, so they count it an honor when you spend it with them. Stop in today and mention KLZ to get half off the initiation fee on any membership type and get access to the range after hours. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And the great thing about the newsletter is you get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays and podcasts. And I'm really excited about one of the essays that we'll be publishing this week, and then it will be on my website. And it's Free Speech in America by Dr. Douglas Groteis. And I'm also really excited to have him in studio. Dr. Groteis, welcome. Well, good to be here. Thank you. And you are a professor of philosophy uh, at Denver Seminary, and you've written a number of books, but you've got a new one coming out this July. Right. I have a book called Fire in the Streets with Salem Books. That's basically about critical race theory and how it's affected our culture. The idea is that we saw fire in the streets in 2020, and that's only because there are fire in the minds of people. There's a false ideology out there that I'm trying to expose and counter with something better. Uh, that makes me think of just this rhetoric around this Supreme Court um, brief that's been leaked, that there are those on the left that is talking about fire in the streets again. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, it's hard to figure out exactly what's going on. I don't think anything like this has ever happened before. You shouldn't be having leaks at the Supreme Court. So something is not sealed up properly there. But I think people on the left, the pro-abortion people, are extremely panicky about this upcoming decision. And perhaps this was leaked in order to mobilize the forces 
against the decision somehow or to prepare people. I know that uh, Jeff Be- Bezos recently said that he would give his female employees uh, $4,000 as uh, to help them get to another state to have an abortion if Roe v. Wade goes down. So we're seeing all these sorts of changes. There was a, a very terrible pro-abortion bill that was passed about two months ago here. I went to the Capitol to testify against it, and the idea behind it was is to have no possibility whatsoever for restrictions on abortion in Colorado. The idea was that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then the laws go back to the states, and we would have one of the most, if not the most, uh, liberal law. So this would be considered a destination spot for abortions. So Texas would have and does have a pretty strict law, would become stricter. If Roe v. Wade goes down, may it be, Lord. But sadly, the people that, women that want abortions in Texas would come here. Mm-hmm. And so this, you think about destination weddings, mm-hmm. uh, you have a wedding in Acapulco or something, mm-hmm. this would be like a destination abortion mm-hmm. spot. It's just horrific. But better that Roe v. Wade go down than it stay, because then it goes back to the states to decide which is the more uh, constitutionally sound way to do it. It's more attentive to the will of the people. But sadly, you have states like California and Colorado and Oregon and Washington that will have uh, very permissive abortion laws. But Florida, Texas, others would be more conservative. So at least that's a step in the right direction. Well, it is a step in the right direction. And what I see is, again, pushing things as it gets closer to the people. So taking it from the federal government Mm -hmm. and bringing it to the states. I think what that means is is that we need to engage in this battle of ideas here in Colorado mm-hmm. and work to change hearts and minds uh, right. regarding this. And I, I cannot believe, Doug Grotice, that most Coloradans, and I'm going to say your blue dog Democrats, uh, libertarians, unaffiliateds, Republicans, conservatives, I've got to think that that big broad swath of people here in Colorado don't think that it's okay to abort a baby as they are in the birth canal. Yeah. I just can't believe that. I don't think people understand mm-hmm. what, what that law really means. Well, I hope that if people really knew they would do something, but I sat through hours and hours of testimony uh, at the Capitol and it was very clearly explained what this law would allow for. You had people who had been abortionists who had changed their mind, who were talking about what abortion is and what it does. You had women who had had abortions and regretted it. And it was laid out very clearly uh, what the law would allow. You can abort viable children, unborn living human beings. And what people do is they dig in their heels and they say, this is an issue of women's health. And who would be against women's health? Mm-hmm. So it's a semantic smokescreen, which is used so often, all these euphemisms everywhere. But sadly, I think some people don't care, honestly. They think, well, all right, you have a living human being, and they'll flail around a little bit before they die. But that's, that's nothing compared to this absolute right of women to have health care. And there is no such thing. I mean, there's no right to abort a living human being made in the image and likeness of God. But that's how it is laid out in the last 50 years in the United States. So what I've said for so many years is that it's very significant that we, as you said, change hearts and minds. Because abortion can be legal. It could even be subsidized by the government. And if someone doesn't want it, (laughs) it should not be. 
By no means should it be. But if someone is convinced not to have an abortion and to bring their child to term and either raise the child or give the child up for adoption, then there won't be an abortion. So whatever the laws are, we can try to change people's minds and say, uh, wait a minute, you don't have fetal tissue here. You have a living being, not a potential life. You have a human being, not a potential human. And you are ending the life of a living human being who, if you leave that living human being alone, will have a future something like yours. So it's uh, unconscionable, but the unconscionable gets inscribed in the laws of a nation, and then it becomes part of the national conscience in some ways. But things are extremely polarized. I think the pro-life movement is, is energized and motivated, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I know this is not going to be pretty, whatever happens. So I think that <clears throat> that's a, a good segue into what we were going to talk about, and mm-hmm. that is freedom of speech. When we talk about changing hearts and minds, that means that we need to be able to speak, to share ideas. And it's rather remarkable to me to see these Democrat policies that are actually look like they're going to tap down free speech, the free exchange of ideas and, mm-hmm. and free speech. The founders knew it. I mean, it's the bedrock of a free right. society. Well, it is. And I, in the article that will be released in a few days here, I quote the First Amendment to the Constitution. I'll read it. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So you have the restriction of a national church, which is good. And then you have the five positive freedoms, starting, and not incidentally, with freedom of religion, and then freedom of speech, the press, and so on. Now, strictly speaking, this has to do with the civil government, right? Congress shall make no law. But it's part of the American DNA, I think, that there should be the free exchange of ideas. Uh, Think of newspapers and having op-ed pieces or letters to the editor that may contradict the viewpoint of the particular newspaper. Or think about the idea of a marketplace of ideas. Now, that's a classic um, American idea. You know, let the best ideas win. Uh, Show up at the school board meetings, write letters to the editor, uh, pick it if you want to. So what we're seeing now, and this really concerns me, is the limitation or the desire to limit free speech because it's cheap speech. And there's an article in the New York Times, March 7th, by a man named Richard Hazen. And the article is called How to Keep the Rising Tide of Fake News from Drowning Our Democracy. And what he says essentially is that now with all these media platforms, anybody can get their ideas across. And he says a lot of these ideas are cheap, meaning they're easy to present to the world, and a lot of them are wrong. And so he is so worried about wrong free speech that he wants it to be controlled. And we just recently saw this new um, organization with the Biden administration. Uh, what is the name of it? The uh, Office of Misinformation. Yeah, or often of, <laughs> Office of Disinformation, or you could call it the Truth Ministry, if you mm-hmm. want to go back to George Orwell, 1984. Right. 
And I think those of us who are more conservative, whether we're classical conservatives or libertarians or just the old classical liberal like an Alan Dershowitz, who's been around, you know, since the flood, basically, (laughs) want speech to be free and open. Now, of course, there are limitations like fighting words and you can be sued for slander and libel. But the idea is that let's have a marketplace of ideas. Let's not control that. Let's let individual people decide what they're going to believe and what they're not going to believe and what they're going to say and what they're not going to say. And when you have any kind of top-down control of speech, you limit it and you limit those possibilities for discourse. And moreover, it's never neutral. It's never really nonpartisan. Uh, Whoever is in office is not nonpartisan. And uh, conservatives really want the speech to be open, and it may be false speech. In fact, uh, free speech gives you the opportunity to say untruths. And it's not good to lie, obviously, but it's better that I think individual citizens decide what they're going to believe than have it pre-screened, have it pre-filtered. Now, of course, if we're talking about terrorism or libel or slander, we have to realize that there are some restrictions there. But uh, what you think about an election or what you think about a political candidate, as long as it's not actionable as libel or slander, then just let it out there. Mm-hmm. Better that, you know, and all the noise and all the junk that will get out there than to have the civil government with the power of the sword, so to speak, the power of coercion, controlling things uh, from the source. I am very much against that. I'm very concerned about it. And I'm seeing this trend now to talk about cheap speech, which means free speech that we don't like is cheap speech if it's on a individual blog or Twitter or whatever it is. So this concerns me greatly as a as a Christian who doesn't want to see people muzzled from presenting their ideas. I don't want to see the church muzzled or atheist muzzled or anybody else, but also as someone who is a skeptic of uh, big government, more than a skeptic, an opponent of mm-hmm. big government. I think that top-down pre-filtering, censoring from the get-go is a very bad idea. May the best ideas win, and maybe the, the worst ideas will win, but we need to have an open forum for argument, back and forth, whatever it is. So I was actually happy when uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm no Elon Musk fan. I don't know much about him. But at least he wants to, and I think he will, allow for more diversity of opinion there and, and let people figure it out for themselves. Well, Dr. Douglas Groteis, this is such an important conversation and really one for the ages, one that the founders obviously thought was super important. So let's go to break. When we come back, I want to talk some more about Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and just the reaction of what has happened. So we'll be right back with Dr. Douglas Groteis. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. 
for clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at 3pointsfinancial.com. That's 3pointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests and our most recent essays and podcasts. And uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim as well. And we've got an essay that we'll be putting into the newsletter and then on the website uh, this weekend. And that is Free Speech in America. The author is Dr. Douglas Groteis. He's a professor of philosophy at the Denver Seminary. He has a new book coming out, Fire in the Streets, and he's in studio. Uh, Dr. Groteis, this is such an important conversation. And when we uh, uh, closed the last segment, you mentioned Elon Musk and Twitter. And I remember when Elon Musk was a darling of the left, mm. but it's, he, they don't seem to like him very much right now. Well, it's interesting they don't like him because he's certainly not a bona fide card-carrying conservative in any way. But what he did was he got control of Twitter, which is one of the most influential media platforms on the planet. And he supposedly will institute a more free speech, open dialogue kind of policy. And what we've seen in the last few years is that the far left, the woke people, don't believe in free speech. They want to control it. They want to tamp down on it because they think there's too much fake news and cheap speech. And so a lot of ideas have to be regulated, not just threats or uh, something egregiously horrible like pornography. Actually, on the left, they typically don't want to censor pornography. But even certain ideas, like if you have an alternative view on vaccines or if you question something about uh, an election and you're a Republican, well, that's not an idea to be refuted. That's an idea to be squelched. And I would far, I'd be far more happy to be refuted than to be muzzled. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a philosopher, so... I get the ideas out there, give the arguments for them, and if you think I'm wrong, tell me, Mm -hmm. and I might be wrong. But much better to have some kind of a conversation going where we can bring reason to bear on truth claims than just to shut people down from the beginning. Some Some ideas are illegal, supposedly, or some ideas are not worth hearing at all, and that's a dangerous trend because who is going to be in control of those ideas? So... Uh, I'm I'm happy that Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm not uh, convinced he's conservative, but he seems to have some basic instinct about the freedom of speech and the value of interaction of ideas. Now, I think in some ways it's sad that we've come to Twitter 
as our marketplace of ideas, it's so limited mm -hmm. in what can be done. But like it or not, uh, a lot of people are not going to read academic articles or long thought pieces in magazines. They're going to be interacting on Twitter. So uh, let the best arguments win. There'll be a lot of junk out there, you know, to use an old phrase, the signal to noise ratio is not great on Twitter. But better that than uh, somebody just controlling all the ideas. Well, and if an idea cannot cut the muster of, um, you know, taking a look at it and its merits and, and the, the detriments to that idea, if it can't stand up to any scrutiny, I, I would think that it's probably a bad idea. Well, I think so. And I think people show that they may not have a lot of confidence in their perspective when they shut down the opposition as opposed to arguing against the opposition. And a lot of ideas that don't fit the stories, the worldview of the mainstream media just get shut down or rejected immediately uh, by certain catchphrases. I hear them all the time, like baseless conspiracy theory. And I'm not supporting any conspiracy theory. I'm not saying anything about the last presidential election. What I'm here for is to defend this classic idea of a marketplace of ideas and let the best ideas win and even let bad ideas out there and let people make those kinds of decisions. Now, we need to figure out how to use media wisely. And um, in my next book, Fire in the Streets, I have some writing there about media discernment, you know, developing a way to process information wisely. And we need to rely on more than Twitter. You get factoids on Twitter, but we need to read the Bible, know what Holy Scripture says. We need to read thoughtful books. We need to know something about the American founding, the documents, the Declaration, the Constitution, and so on. So we need to deepen our intellectual resources and not just kind of skim the surface of the data sphere, which is very easy to do. And then also I think we need some measured restraint about what we post uh, and what we say. It is so easy to send out a Facebook post or send out a tweet or Instagram or whatever uh, without really thinking of the consequences of our words. I think of what Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. Or what Proverbs says, that the power of death and life is in the tongue, and the power of death and life may be in the tweet, too. Mm -hmm. So let's be careful. Let's be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, as James says. Okay. Well, it makes me think of a lot of different things. During the break, you said that there was a quote that you wanted to make sure that you yes. shared with everyone. Yes, this is by the political philosopher John Stuart Mill from his book On Liberty, a very influential book. It came out in 1859. He says, He who knows only his own side of the case knows little of that. His reasons may be good, and no one may have been able to refute them. But if he is equally unable to refute the reasons on the opposite side, if he does not so much as know what they are, he has no ground for preferring either option. So that means you set out a thesis, a claim, you defend it, and then you see what other people think of it. It's a classic debate interaction. And my training is in philosophy, and you're only as good as your arguments. <laughs> so I think we need to discipline ourselves to test our views against criticism. 
I think that's important. And this is making me think of something that I observed when I was on City Council of Lone Tree, 2012 to 2016. And that is this movement of uh, city councils needing to make unanimous decisions. And then I'd gone down and observed some of the meetings at Dr. Cog, which is the Denver Regional Council of Governments. And at the very beginning of of the meeting, they put up there that they would come to um, basically unanimous decisions, that they, they were going to they were not going to talk about how they got to those decisions out in the public. And I thought, this is not really what I I expect from government here in America. Right. Well, I think things should be transparent as much as possible and let voters, let citizens know what the process is, how it works. Uh, As I mentioned, I was at the Capitol a few months ago about this terrible abortion bill, and the testimony went on all day. So that's the way it should be. Now, the decision that was made was wrong, and all the Democrats voted to deprive living human beings made in the image of God of the right to life was horrific. But at least the procedure was there. And they, to my knowledge, didn't really cut off anybody. Now, you only needed or you only got rather two minutes. And uh, I probably revised my two minute speech about 15 times when I was waiting (laughs) to go up there. But they cut you off at two minutes. But they seem to be pretty fair about that. So I think civil government should be Transparent. It should play by the rules, and uh, it should not try to preempt scrutiny by any means. Let's talk a little bit more about Biden and this office of either misinformation or disinformation. I mean, it is straight out of 1984, mm-hmm. yeah. um, the uh, Department of Truth. I right. can't believe it. Well, yeah, you, you start to think that George Orwell may have been an optimist, <laughs> seeing the things that are going on. But I think the title is disinformation, and there's an important distinction between misinformation and disinformation. Okay. So misinformation is information that's false, but disinformation is information that is intentionally false. So you are lying in order to achieve something. So I may accidentally misstate something, but that's not really disinformation. But if I misstate something, if I say something is false, in order to perpetuate my political campaign or my social cause, then you could say that's disinformation. But I don't really know how the civil government is going to fairly discriminate between accidental misinformation and intentional disinformation. They could very likely say, well, anything that doesn't fit our narrative, doesn't fit our political ideology, is wrong. And how could anybody say that in good conscience? And it goes against our program. So we'll call it disinformation uh, if it has to be about vaccines or elections or whatever it is. And so we'll just wipe it off the information map. It's very troubling to me that something like this would happen in the United States of America, given our founding ideals, given our history. But if you haven't done it, everybody should go back and read or reread 1984, because this essentially is the ministry of truth. And also read Brave New World by Aldo Huxley. They're both dystopias, but Huxley basically said, the government won't have to restrict speech because everyone will be so stupefied with drugs and entertainment they won't read or know anything. And Orwell said, no, the civil government will actually restrict speech. And I think both things are happening. happening. Look at legalization of marijuana and drugs all over the place. So, you know, a drugged 
society is more easily led and easily controlled. But just to make sure that nobody gets dissenting information, we're also going to have a, a ministry of truth, what we call truth. So sadly, I think that Huxley's vision and Orwell's visions have both come true in our society. So we need to be dissidents. We need to really fight to know the truth, to make the truth known, testify at the Capitol, uh, teach truth in your family, in your church, uh, read books that will invigorate your mind and uh, will strengthen your backbone and use whatever free speech we have left. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do this show, right. is to uh, shed truth and light on these important issues. We've got just about a minute left. How would you like to button this up, Dr. Douglas Grotice? I think Americans need to know what our history is, what our founding ideals are. We need to know something about uh, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the First Amendment. And we also need to guard our own hearts and watch what we say. We need to seek truth in everything that we do. And um, we need to pray, pray for our country. Paul says in 1 Timothy 2 to pray for our leaders, that they will be just and wise people. And I think it's also appropriate to pray that some of them will get out of office as soon as possible, <laughs> uh, because uh, Psalm 94 says a corrupt throne cannot be aligned with God. So we did need to use our procedures in American civil government to uh, instigate the removal of some people in a lawful and righteous way. But let's be prayerful and wise and truth-seeking truth and truth-speaking people. Well, uh, well said, Dr. Douglas Grotheis. And again, uh, your essay, Free Speech in America, will be in the newsletter this week and then on the website. So our quote for the end of the day is from Benjamin Franklin. And he said, without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming essays or our guests and our most recent essays and op-eds. And uh, I guess we're calling them essays and our podcasts. And uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. I greatly appreciate it. And it is a thankful Thursday, producer Steve. 
Yes. And uh, um, uh, somebody texted me a thrilling Thursday as well. So it is a thankful, thrilling Thursday. And thank you to Kay. And uh, we actually have to come clean. Kay came up with a thankful Thursday, and she's actually in Boulder. Yes. And <laughs> so that was a conversation you you two had uh, several times this morning to figure that out, huh? Yeah. When she the first time, or the, actually the second time she called, uh, I said, "What your first name and what city?" And she kind of hedged a little bit. And said, uh, "North Boulder, maybe Louisville." And I quickly jumped out and said, "Oh, let's just make it Louisville. Don't want to connect you to Boulder." Well. Rightfully so. She thought about it for a while. She called back a third time and said, you know, let's do Boulder. I want people to know that there are thinking conservatives <laughs> in the city limits. I tell you what, there is there is a dynamic group of uh, conservatives up there in Boulder. Um, it's uh, pretty amazing. They're, they're at ground zero, but they're doing great work. So thank you again to Kay in Boulder. And Thank you to all of you who listen. I so greatly appreciate you. Uh, you're all treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. We are stepping into this time in history, and it is a very interesting time. And I get to work with a great group of people, and that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, I feel truly blessed to get to do that. And speaking of blessing, um, I think we should be very grateful for what we have in this country. But there is a an evil afoot out there. They're attacking our, our families and our businesses, our liberty. Uh, and today is the National Day of Prayer. And uh, we need to go to uh, the good Lord in prayer for this country um, because we have been given something great with this American idea, we need to protect it, and we need uh, the divine provider's help with that. So today is the National Day of Prayer. Uh, our America's Veterans Stories that will broadcast this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. on all KLZ platforms. I had the great honor to interview a friend of mine, and that is Solomon Martinez. He's a retired Marine, so you want to be sure and check that out as well. And a couple of things I'm quote for today is from Benjamin Franklin. He was born in 1706, died in 1790. He was one of our founding fathers and uh, he was a drafter and signer of the Declaration of Independence. You know, this idea that we're all um, uh, created equal by God and uh, that we have these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But he said this back in 1746 in Poor Richard's Almanac. He said, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. Again, uh, each day is a gift. That's why we call it the present. And our bill of the day, very quickly, it's uh, uh, to all Democrat sponsors, and it has a, a, a title that sounds compassionate. But my friends, remember, as we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom, that it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's uh, their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood. And uh, the force on that would be weapon, a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the policies that are being put forth through the Davos, Davos elite, the global elites. Uh, and uh, this is just another redistribution. And But it, they have it under the guise of healthy meals for all public school students. It's House Bill 221414. 
And basically it says uh, concerning providing healthy meals to all public school students and connection therewith creating the Healthy Schools Meals for All program and providing funding for the program by capping itemized and standard state income tax deductions for taxpayers who have federal adjusted gross income of $300,000 or more. And typically this might be your entrepreneurs that are falling into this particular um, tax bracket. And uh, so instead of letting them take all the deductions that they have to create their businesses, it's going to be capped off. And then it's going to be put into this uh, government run program where bureaucrats will have all kinds of reports to do and all kinds of uh, different uh, ways to justify their jobs. And it's all under the guise of healthy meals for all public school students. Um, I want to get over here to uh, one of our great sponsors, and that is Karen Levine. Uh, she's an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance, and she is tireless in the work that she does on the local and the state and the national level to uh, protect pri- uh, private property as well as home ownership. And it, all of this is under assault right now. Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. And you're back in Washington, D.C., right? I, I am. I'm calling you from the, the nation's capital. Um, <laughs> so what are you finding there, Karen Levine? Because as you and I are uncovering this, there is an assault on home ownership, not only in Colorado, but nationally. And so it's great that you're back there. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, we've talked about the, sh- the housing shortage, and that housing shortage is local, um, and statewide and national. Uh, the National Association of Realtors lead economist, Lawrence Yoon, continues to tell us we're about 5 million housing units short, um, that we will continue to see this multiple offer situation in all marketplaces for quite some time. Yes, the raise in interest rates has maybe helped to pull back a little bit of that activity but there is still an abundance of buyers who are pursuing that American dream. And I think that pursuit of of housing, of owning a house, um, these people feel that it's under attack and they don't want to be without. And so um, we're trying to form and uh, help with policies that promote housing. And it is a difficult task. We had a uh, update on, the issues on the Hill yesterday, and basically the agenda that the National Association of Realtors has uh, put together, they have said, yep, you know, we're not going to do any of that work right now uh, because of who is has been elected um, with 50-50 in the Senate, nothing's getting done. Um, so, because so are what you're saying that... that- that those in the the party that's in control right now in Washington, D.C., the National Board of Realtors has put together a plan to start to address this, um, you know, this housing shortage, if you will, and they're, they're not getting in response. Is that what I heard you just say? Well, yeah, basically they have said to our um, representatives, the people from NAR, both staff people and volunteers that um, they appreciate the things that we want them to talk about, but at this point in time, they're not going to be talking about that. Boy, that's got to be really frustrating. It's very frustrating, Um, but there was, in my first meeting this morning, something exciting that is being put forth 
um, which is looking at underutilized federal lands, which the Western states like Colorado, Utah, I think the Utah representative said 87% of their land is federally owned, um, that federal lands underutilized should be looked at to bring forth workplace workforce housing. And so that discussion just got started on the Hill. Um, so we'll be helping to look for sponsors for that bill um, to have a further discussion to put some of this land um, to use for housing, which is a small start to help with inventory. You know, it's a small start, Karen, but what I would really like to see is to let people actually buy that land so that they could have their own home. Because the workforce workforce housing basically kind of becomes, in a way, kind of government housing. And so if there's that much land that's owned by government, and when we talked with Lisa Bennett yesterday, uh, this 30-30 plan uh, where governments would own an additional 30% of of land in America by 2030 is an assault upon private property rights. So at least it's kind of a step in the right direction, but how about they just, you know, free that land up and let people buy that and, and put homes on it. That seems like that would make sense. What's your final thought on all this, Karen? Cause this is well, I would so say important. my final thought. It is very important. My final thought is as listeners of the Kim Munson show, be thoughtful when you go to the polls about who you are supporting, because those are the voices um, that are speaking on your behalf. And in many cases, they are not speaking on your behalf. And so we just need to be um, educated voters, educated citizens, because this morning having the conversation at the coffee, you know, morning coffee was, they're not listening to us, and we put them in office. So we just need to make people aware that um, they're doing work, um, and it's not work on our behalf. Well, and Karen Levine, you and I have been friends for years and years and years, and you are such a great sponsor of both the shows. And it's because you care so much about this this opportunity for home ownership and of course also it's like your livelihood as well so i really recommend if people are looking to buy or sell a house or if they're looking at a new build to reach out to you because you can represent them on new bills as well they you just need to be with them when they uh, go out that first time to take a look at those but it's so important to have somebody on your side of the table but the hours that you spend on this and, and you and i it's been a real journey to get to this point to understand that there is this assault on home ownership, on private property rights, which property rights are the bedrock of the American idea and this big, broad middle class. And I just want to say thank you for all that you do and for your sponsorship. Uh, you and I are aligned in working to uh, search for truth and clarity on these issues. And uh, our listenership continues to grow. Um, what we're doing on all the social media platforms is growing. And, uh, and it's one of the reasons is because you have been such a great supporter of both shows for so long, Karen Levine. Well, thank you, Kim. It's been and is a privilege um, to help educate um, your listeners and the people um, in your listenership about what's going on. And, of course, I'm passionate about homeownership and private property rights. And that comes down to, you know, the first purchase of your home. And I'm available to help people in that effort or if they're looking to move up or move down. Um, we know how to navigate this market, even though it's challenging and complicated. Um, 
we've got the tools to do that um, and would love to help. That's great. And Karen, what's the phone number? How can people reach you? The best way to reach me is 303-877-7516. That's Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. And uh, Godspeed on your travels back home. And thank you and have a great day. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking uh, with Scott Powell. And he has a new book out, Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. And uh, But we want to talk about freedom of speech because... Uh, clearly it's been under assault like many of our other uh, rights but um, I want to talk with him about that so stay tuned Inflation is rocking our boats especially for individuals on fixed incomes If you are 62 years or older mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group Lauren Levy can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line is um, Scott Powell. He is a discover, the Discre- Discovery Institute Senior Fellow. Center. Uh, I'm not getting this right. He's with the Discovery Institute, and he's the senior fellow at the Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality. Previously, he was a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution. Scott Powell, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Okay. And you have a new book out. Uh, It just came out in March, Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. Uh, and just tell us a little bit about that uh, first, Scott, before we get into our the meat of our subject. Well, it's a long story of how the book came about, but I, um, uh, I have recognized that, of course, young people and generally the last two generations really don't, don't appreciate, don't understand the amazing heritage that, America, that, that we have as Americans. This is like... You know, we are a unique country. There is no country in the world uh, like ours. Just take, for instance, the average length of government systems and constitutions in the world is 17 years. America has had one constitution for 234 years. So, uh, you know, America has many critics. So, you know, let's uh, compare a few metrics. You know, we're 4% of the population of the world but we represent 96% of the world's creativity. We're 4% of the population of the world, but we have 25% of the world's wealth. That didn't happen by chance. It happened because we limited the scope of government through a constitution, and we empowered the people to be all that they could be. And people 
are very different. They're unique. They have unique talents. They have unique temperaments. Um, and when you let people be free, look what they do. And so our freedom is being taken away from us now, and that's why I wrote this book, is to remind people of our heritage, what's great about our country. And I think, you know, obviously freedom of speech is very much in the news these days. So maybe we want to chat about that a little bit, Kim. Well, it most definitely. And um, and freedom of speech, and being able to have freedom of thought and then freedom of speech to uh, convey those those thoughts. Again, it's very unique to the American idea. And with what we saw through the whole COVID-19 Wuhan China virus reaction disruption, where we had, I call them PBI, Scott, uh, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties who decided uh, or dictated what business was essential, which business was not. Uh, and then as people might question uh, the narrative from these PBIs, uh, they were being shut down. Uh, it, it's remarkable the freedom of, and, and of course, uh, knocked off these different platforms. So with Elon Musk buying Twitter, uh, this freedom of speech question is a big one right now. So what's your take on this, uh, Scott Powell? Well, I think I think it's a very good development. Uh, Twitter is a public uh, platform. It it is the town square in America more than any other institution. Perhaps Facebook uh, is different. It you know one could argue that that's the town square. They're both town squares. But for politics and political opinion, probably Twitter is uh, you know is is has been very influential. So the fact that Twitter has uh, driven people off of its platform, has censored people, canceled people, deplatformed people. This is outrageous, and it is, an, it is a violation of everything uh, that we believe in America. You know, I, I would remind people of, of what the founders said about freedom of speech. Ben Franklin said, there's no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. Do, you, do we get that? There is no such thing as public liberty, our freedom doesn't exist without freedom of speech. That's what Franklin said. Jefferson said, our liberty, and these are quotes, our liberty depends on freedom of the press, and that cannot be limited without liberty being lost. These are, and, and these are true statements, and, and we see our, that freedom of speech, uh, that the, the, the loss of freedom of speech has really affected uh, the American culture, and we need to take it back. We need to push back on every front. I mean, the freedom of speech is everything. There's a reason why the First Amendment is where it is. It is the First Amendment. It is the it is the basis of, uh, if you will, of the Constitution. It's the First Amendment because it is the most important amendment. I mean, one could argue that. You know, the Second Amendment is equally important because it protects all the others. I don't disagree with that. The First and Second Amendments are the most important amendments because they protect all the others. They protect our Constitution and our freedom. And we are witnessing, right before our very eyes, a wholesale assault from every angle on our country and our Constitution. Well, and uh, this... 
uh, and now I don't have the exact title. Is it the Office of Disinformation or Misinformation? I I, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I talked with the Dr. Douglas Groteis in the sec- the first hour on that. But whatever it is, this sounds like. I, I mean, Biden is putting this in. It sounds like Orwell's Ministry of Truth. <laughs> it does. It, I mean, I can't believe we're living through this right now. And well, it, it's. Go ahead. The, the, uh, the, the, I didn't interrupt you, uh, Kim. Excuse me. Uh, the, the, the initials are DGB, uh, the Disinformation uh, Governance uh, Bureau. DGB. It sounds a little bit like the KGB, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It sounds... Uh, and. Uh... Yeah, and uh, the KGB didn't like to let people uh, speak uh, freely either. I just wanted to mention to you, at the end of the show, I always do a quote. And it's so interesting, the quote that I chose is the one that you just quoted from Benjamin Franklin. And those guys were so smart about liberty. And um, this didn't just happen, though. Uh, Scott Powell. This has been occurring for quite some time uh, because I remember back in 80s and 90s where uh, in polite company you didn't talk about religion or politics. So there was this self-censoring that went on. And and then as I started to see uh, things that I felt were encroachments upon our freedom uh, and would want to talk about that in serious conversations with um, and people, uh, many times they didn't want to talk about that or it became uncomfortable. And we need to have the courage to kick the tires on these ideas and talk about them, Scott Powell. Oh, I agree. But let, let's just let's go back to this to this uh, disinformation governance bureau uh, and, and the people that were appointed to it. I mean, it, it's incredible. It's, it's impossible to know whether it is the arrogance of appointing offensive and unqualified people to demoralize us, normal American citizens, or whether it's just utter incompetence. But this appointment of Nina Jankowitz, to, who heads this new bureau, this Disinformation Governance Bureau, c- consider her background. She attacked the Hunter Biden laptop story when it first broke in October 2020 as being Russian disinformation at a critical time before the November 2020 presidential election. And then she continued in the same vein for months and months and months, too. She promoted the Steele dossier designed to discredit President Trump. That has been proven to be, a, to be false, a total disinformation fabrication. And to my knowledge, like other drive-by leftists, she has never acknowledged her error. And third, she, she said, get this, the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America marginalizes communities of color. This alone should discredit and disqualify her, for it is the First Amendment that protects the pursuit and process of getting at the truth, and race has nothing to do with the pursuit of truth, period. Well, it's it's somewhat terrifying uh, what may come of this. In, in a way, I think it's um, it's ironic that... She is the uh, head of the uh, the Disinformation Governance Board because she's so good at it. It sounds like uh, Scott Powell. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, you can you can see. Uh, I, I think she has a a TikTok video up uh, that I that I saw. She's she's a she's. I mean, frankly speaking, she's she's a bit crazy. Frankly. Um, 
But let's think, let's go back to Orwell, and and let's let's make the analogies of of this disinformation governance bureau and Orwell's Ministry of Truth. Um, you know, Orwell described that the two primary objectives that, that the Ministry of Truth in in his book, I, I think it was 1984, uh, not Animal Farm, or I, I I can't remember which exactly it was, but there were two things. First was the institutionalization of propaganda narratives that were designed to warp and destroy people's grasp on reality. Now, isn't that what has been happening already in America? Mm-hmm. We've already been witnessing this for years. And second, or, or, Orwell said that the, that the Ministry of Truth should foster groupthink, conformity, and collectivism designed to eliminate critical and independent thinking. Isn't, isn't that what, 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 you know, pushing narratives is all about, is to drive out any competing uh, alternatives and, and, and to encourage uniformity of thought, groupthink? And, Boy, and that, let's... That, will, that will be the downfall of this country. Remember, getting at the truth is everything, okay? And the founders understood this. They were all Christians but they they didn't want to have a Christian government. They recognized that getting at the truth could only be accomplished by a competition of ideas. That you have to have everybody has perhaps a little bit of the truth in their analysis and their thinking. So you get the competition of ideas going, and guess what? The truth begins to emerge. Scientists know this. They, they, they put out a hypothesis, they debate it, they test it, and they either eliminate they, they, the hypothesis that proves to be false or, or proves to be true. But this is so essential. Businesses practice competition of ideas. How do we bring to market, you know, what, what is it that the market wants? So that you, you, you discuss that. How do we bring it to market? What are the best ways of you know, of, of manufacturing it and, and marketing it. All of this requires competition of ideas and management. So how is it that we practice these things in science and business, and yet we want to eliminate them from the, 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 the public square? This is crazy. It's, it is remarkable, and that's why uh, we we do this show. That's why we want to help people get their brains around these issues. We're going to go to break. I'm talking with uh, Scott Powell, and he is has a new book out, and it is uh, one that I think would be a great gift to, to young people for sure, and it is Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. Before we go to break, though, uh, the show comes to you because of all of you who support us, as well as these great sponsors. And speaking of uh, competition, uh, Kirsch Insurance Group are specialists in the Medicare arena. And uh, they actually work with a lot of different carriers instead of just one carrier. And so they can help you take a look at these different carriers and craft your Medicare plan that is just right for you. It doesn't cost you anything to work with them. And so I'd highly recommend that you reach out to them. Marlon, Danielle, Naomi, the whole team over there, uh, they are just great people to work with. And that website is ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com, ikirsch.com. And we'll be right back with Scott Powell. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Get to the range at Franktown Firearms and get your shooting skills back in shape. You consider yourself an experienced shooter, but you haven't been to the range in a while. Remember, defensive shooting skills are perishable. Firing a gun is not like riding a bike. Unless you practice regularly, don't count on your muscle memory to kick in when you need it. The team at Franktown Firearms believes the only difference between a beginner and an expert is practice. They want to give you the certainty that in a fight-or-flight scenario, you won't freeze. Imagine your frustration should you find yourself in the situation where you need to defend yourself or others, and you don't react the way you thought you would. Make sure you can count on your instincts. Sign up for a membership now. Mention KLZ Radio for a discount on your initiation fee. Walk-ins and non-members also welcome. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown now. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Uh, thrilled to have on the line with me Scott Powell. He is with the Discovery Institute, and he is a senior fellow at the Center on Wealth, Poverty, and Morality. And previously, he was a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution. Scott Powell... When we talk about this, and I can't believe it, it's the DGB that you said. It is the Disinformation Governance Bureau. Uh, this is, where do you think this is all going to end, Scott Powell? Because I am seeing more and more people uh, stepping up and getting their brains around these ideas and using their voices. And then I see as this is occurring that this big rub where these uh, PBIs, not only at the national level, but here in Colorado, I think Colorado's at the tip of the spear of all this as well, is, um, you know, trying to, to push push further and further on um, the force that they want to use in our lives. Where, where do you think this is going to end, Scott Powell? Well, first of all, I, th- I think it's interesting that the Disinformation Governance Bureau is hatched within uh, the Department of Homeland Security, which is headed by Alejandro Mayorkas. And let's just think about his record. We have an out-of-control southern border with all the attendant violence, drug and human trafficking. I, I just read a story this morning that there were like uh, that the Mexican cartel had. 900 drones 
at the border, you know, flying over our border. I mean, this is an assault on America, and he's in charge of it. And look what he's done. Nothing. You know, and then and then we have to consider, you know, the the unconstitutionality of the lockdowns we've been through. The mask and vaccine mandates has been largely blocked. Where we go from here, Kim, is a full scale of, of offense in support of the First Amendment, unrelenting offense uh, to defend the First Amendment. You know, the framers of the Constitution thought of liberty, liberty of conscience was more important than unity of belief. They believed that, you know, if liberty means anything, and I'm quoting, if liberty means anything, it means the right to tell people what they don't want to hear. And, and further, the framers believe that no one has a monopoly on the truth. And it's the free flow of competition of ideas that's it's really necessary for a healthy, vibrant uh, country. And let the best ideas prevail. And we, we haven't been allowing that for years. I mean, even before this disinformation governance bureau, I believe that they've hatched this new bureau at a critical time. We know that 2,000 mules is now in the public theater that Americans are going to finally see before their very eyes how massive industrial scale vote fraud was perpetrated on our country. That treason was committed against America. We that we have an illegitimate present government. We are really not much different than a banana republic if we have an illegitimate government. So I think that they're bringing this out now as a last ditch effort to block this the truth that's getting out. And of course, vote fraud is just one thing. I mean we. we there are so many things that uh, the narrative of the left, if you will, the narrative of the Democratic Party is coming apart at every point. And I think they're desperate. Well, and, and my concern is what, you know, what uh, desperate people do, because I agree, I think that they're desperate. That, But that is why we as Americans need to continue to search for truth and clarity on these issues and have the courage to talk uh, with our friends, our family, our colleagues, our neighbors about them. That's why we do this show. Uh, and it is, it, I think Scott Powell is the American people, I th- did step up and speak in the 2020 election. And it was so overwhelming that uh, once uh, once it looked like, well, we went to bed on uh, election night and it looked like Donald Trump had won. And then we started to see and started to learn about all these different irregularities that were very curious. And what was interesting to me, Scott Powell, is there was this immediate reaction, not only on the Democrat side, but also some of those on the Republican side regarding the election saying, ah, nothing to see here, move along, nothing to see here, move along. Or where's the proof? Remember that? Where's the proof? Well, it takes a while to go through and look at the evidence to come up with what happened. And uh, we're scheduled to have Dinesh D'Souza on tomorrow. But oh, what, he, oh. what, he is, what he has done with 2,000 Mules, working with uh, Kath, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht with True the Vote, and what she has done is, is remarkable, that they remarkable. Uh, purchased all this geo, um, geo-tracking data 
uh, on these cell phones and to be able to determine that, and they're calling the mules, but they're individuals that went to uh, ballot boxes many, many times. And so we've got that. And then over here in Colorado, we've got the situation out in Mesa County. And I would really Tina encourage, Peters. yeah, to, to go to Tina Peters' uh, website, Tina Peters for Colorado, and she's got the three uh, different reports there. And um, and irregularities within the machines. Of course, we have mail-in voting here in Colorado where there's ballots everywhere, if you will. And so it's been this multi-pronged thing. And it didn't just happen overnight, Scott Powell. I think that what happened in the 2020 election is uh, it, the American people showed up. They voted. And, and they voted in such uh, ways that were not expected. Uh, in the numbers of people that showed up that this is what has is shedding light on what happened. So, Scott Powell, we're, we're going to be out of time here in just a moment. Well, What's your final you, thoughts uh, on all this? If I could, let me just tell yes. your audience why Rediscovering America is, is, is such a, a useful and powerful book. It's very, very unique. It's like no other history book because unlike histories that talk about the who, what, when, and where, I focus on the key events of American history, and I explain why. I explain how God's hand was in our country from the very beginning, really right up into the mid-20th century. And as we've walked away from God, of course, we see all these problems. But the book is, is, is a powerful tool. It's a great resource for your kids and your grandchildren, because most people don't even know uh, you know, the backstories of our, of our history, of our holidays, they're amazing. We live in an amazing country, and it's just, when you understand the story of America, it just gives you com- clarity about what's going on. We are facing an enemy that wants to, de- to destroy our country, and we've, we've got to push back on every front. So I commend you, Kim, for your show and what you're doing. You are doing a great service to your to your audience, and let's expand it. I'll do anything I can to help you out. Well, I appreciate that immensely, Scott Powell. And yes, and at the beginning of the show, I always greet our listeners because I so appreciate them and that each of us are treasured, valued, and we have purpose and to strive for excellence each and every day. Um, But I realize also, Scott Powell, that we are at our time in history. This is probably... The it's, I do think it's a reawakening for America, but yes, I think that um, we had the founding of America and, of course, uh, Lincoln, the Civil War. That was kind of our second founding. I think we are in our third founding. We are in our third battle for America, and uh, we each have to step up uh, to, to, um, to answer that call, Scott Powell. Yep. I agree with you 120 <laughs> <laughs> percent. And uh, and. We have to pray. Today is the National Day of Prayer. This is it a is. good day. It is the National Day of Prayer. I'm going to our church at noontime to spend an hour in prayer with my with with um, uh, other people, um, and I, I look forward to it. Scott Powell, well, let's stay in touch. You're doing great work, and uh, I am going to get the book for my kids, each of my children. I think that that's really important. Well, give, give my my best to my former Hoover colleague, Dinesh D'Souza. He's quite a guy. That'll be a great show. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. Okay, you have a great day. Okay, Okay. very good. Yes, bye-bye.
And we're going to go to break, but before we do that, though, uh, a nonprofit that I am so honored to work with is the U- uh, United States Memorial Foundation, the USMC Memorial Foundation. And it was founded in 1974, dedicated in 1977, and it is the United States Marine Corps Memorial located out in Golden, Colorado. And the memorial's mission is to honor Marines and all who have served. They're going to have five walkways. Uh, and uh, one of the ways you can support this is to buy a brick for one of the walkways. And again, there will be the walkways for Marines, but also for those of uh, all the other branches of service. And you can get more information at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, you can donate there or buy a brick. But it is important that we understand our history. It's also important that we honor those that have given their lives for our liberty or have been willing also to uh, give their lives for our liberty. So be sure and help them out. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And we'll be right back. I want to hear from you. Uh, these are important topics that we've talked about. I want to hear what's on your radar. Uh, phone number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive, primary health care. Roots Medical getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. I want to know what's on your radar. And we have Stephanie in Denver on the line. Stephanie, happy, uh, thankful, terrific, um, thrilling Thursday to you. How are you? <laughs> morning. Um, I just wanted to, I heard you mention National Day of Prayer, but I don't know if you mentioned that there is a gathering at the uh, Colorado State Capitol from 11 to 2 today. I was thinking you were down there one year or even moderating, but... Um, Not that particular one. You were but down there for something where we yes. met. But, yes, correct. Well, from 11 to 2, Colorado State Capitol on the West Steps, but also, if you go to nationaldayofprayer.com, click on events, put in your 
put in Colorado, or if you're listening from another state, put in your state. They will list all the events that are happening today, wherever they are. I mean, we've got, there's actually up in a park in Aspen they're doing from 11 to 2. They're having a prayer gathering. So that all, is. There are 34 listed for Colorado. And Okay, again, what is that website, Stephanie? National Day of Prayer. Dot com up at the top click on events then you can just put in your state click on find an event right by that little box and it will list all the events awesome that is just great uh, and Stephanie thank you so much and um, down at the Capitol quite frankly what has been occurring Stephanie down at the Capitol uh, is really been it's there's an evil that's going on down there right now with this passage of this abortion bill um, I think it's 1279 where basically a baby could be aborted as it's in the birth canal I mean it's 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 one of the most um, aggressive abortion bills in actually the whole world and it's right here in Colorado so uh, praying over the Capitol uh, I think is very very important so Stephanie in Denver thank you so much and we have Scott in is it did you say Colorado Springs Steve yes Scott what's on your radar so uh, this goes back to what was mentioned earlier about drugging up people so they're too stupid to know what's going on right about the Orwellian thing. Yesterday, I came across somebody who's passing a petition around to get recreational marijuana on the ballot. Oh, to get the get get it on the ballot for what? I didn't say listen. He said he's just uh, circulating a petition to get marijuana, recreational marijuana, on the ballot. I guess that's me f- for November. Okay. I'm not familiar with that, and we're trying to keep an eye on those initiatives. So Patty and I will take a look at that and see what we can find out about that. But, you know, one other thing, Scott, um, Patty had put this on the I, on the um, headlines, and I don't think I talked about it, but in California, there had been a piece of legislation. I don't think that it went through, but um, uh, shortening the work week from 40 hours to 32 hours a week. And... You know, the more time, my dad always said that you'll always fill your time up with something. And and I think that work is a noble thing to do with that. And if people have all this free time and, you know, and um, and getting money from the government instead instead of having to earn it, I mean, this kind of stuff, I think, will be could would be the demise of our society. Your thought on that, Scott? Oh, yeah, I agree. Okay, well, Mark, I so appreciate, or excuse me, Scott, I so appreciate your call. Thank you. And we'll do some more research right, on that. Okay, thank you. And Mark in Black Forest, Mark in Black Forest, what's on your radar? Good morning, Cam. Thanks for uh, the the show today on freedom of speech. Um, really appreciate your guests. Um, what I wanted to mention was related to your uh, school lunch program. Uh, Okay. House Bill 22-14-14. Um, I think what we tend to forget is what, what the real agenda is, what their strategy is. Um, obviously, this is socialism. Uh, I think what, what they do consistently is come up with these things that create jobs, create jobs for the bureaucrats, because if you can 
create a job for somebody, even if it's just busy work, um, you create loyalty and then uh, you keep getting voted into office um, by people who you know are appreciative of, of you giving them a job. But um, yeah, I don't think it's about the kids. I don't think it's about feeding the kids or educating the kids. I think it's about um, creating these these jobs um, for for the socialists, and so they can grow their ranks. You know, I think that that's an important point. And there was a bill a little while back that we had regarding. Um, can't remember what the name of what the number of it was, but that was uh, possibly unionizing county employees. And even FDR said that it's not a good idea to have um, public sector unions. Uh, and then, as you say, cre- creating this um, loyalty, but in creating these jobs, it's not really creating anything. What it's doing is taking money, as I mentioned, and many times this is entrepreneurs, so uh, taking money and creating these jobs, and it's a redistribution uh, of wealth. And yes, I think ultimately it is about socialism, Mark, and Black Forest. Uh, any final thoughts on that? Well, yeah. Um, the, the taking is that's theft, right? Uh, socialism runs on theft. Um, that's, that's the only way it works is uh, by by uh, stealing other people's money. Right. And there is no creativity in taking from someone to, quote unquote, create a job. So Mark and Black Forest, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got time for probably one more call, 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. And as Mark from Black Forest just said, uh, I, taxation is basically use of force, and it is theft. It's taking from one person that has created something to give to someone else uh, via this taxation. Now, I think that we all agree that there is some taxation that is necessary for um, the general welfare, things that would uh be of, of something that, that we as individuals could not come together to do, but like national defense, something like that, um, I think would be important. And, and actually, those are all really enumerated in the beginning of the Constitution of what the proper role of the federal government is. And uh, this excessive taxation that is occurring, and really it is occurring um, and it's assault on the people that that create. And that's the big question that we have going on here in America. And the socialist agenda, the communist agenda is one of scarcity. And you can hear that all the time. They don't come at these problems or challenges that we have with any creativity or innovation, which is the American idea. And as Scott Powell said, uh, and this is not something to be ashamed of. This is something that uh, that we should say is great. We have 4% of the world's population. We have 96% of the creativity and 25% of the wealth. But those on the radical activist left look at that and say, oh, that is not a good thing. That that means that we are, are greedy. No, it what it means is is that we have, have this these policies here that empower people to be all that they can be. And when that happens, they're creative and they create wealth. And instead of trying to tear America down, it seems like what 
globalists should want to do is to try to make things better for people across the world. But instead now we hear, because of these policies of the Davos elite, uh, that we could be looking at uh, food shortages, a variety of things. I've got Stephanie in Denver. One more thought. We've got about 30 seconds. Stephanie in Denver. I mean, this thing about taking changing the deductions for people making over 300000 to have healthier, you know, school lunches, 62% of my property taxes already go to the, uh, I'm in Denver, they already go to the Denver schools. Uh, and to that point, uh, and again, these have been government indoctrination uh, locations here, and we need to pull that back, and they just want more and more money uh, to to go to those uh, bureaucrats and interested parties. We're out of time. Uh, great show planned for you for tomorrow as well. Our quote for the end of the show is Benjamin Franklin. He said, without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.